Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, podcast number 57. With me tonight, Ian. Hello! Mac. Am I sure of that? I, I believe it's... Hello! Hello! <laughs> Alright, very good. And Kimberly. Hello! <laughs> and I'm your host, Brian. Hello! Alright. We you know, are never... The three Stooges we, thing, well, I had to... What's I had that? to mow my hair this week because oh. it was getting definitely far more away from Curly and far more toward Larry. So We are never going to be a barbershop a cappella band. It's never going to happen. No, I doubt that That's it ever true. will. All right. So how's everybody doing this week? Good, good. Yeah? yeah. Kimberly and I are each older. That's good. I suppose I saw that you that uh, you both had birthdays coming up there, and actually, Stacy emailed me to let me know to make sure that I knew that Kimberly's birthday was coming up, so that we could. Uh, actually, yours comes up the twenty second. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically, she isn't older yet. I'm getting there. <laughs> what has everybody been doing? It's not the years; it's not the, the years. miles. <laughs> has anybody no, been doing I... anything fun? I actually uh, I celebrated my birthday with my parents on Saturday evening, and they're sitting there offering me to take me out to a restaurant. I'm like, no, I want to cook my marinara sauce. So I cooked my marinara sauce. My sister brought pasta, and it, it turned out to be a nice meal. Uh, I did uh, marinara, no onions, no garlic, roasted red pepper, and clamata olives. No onions wow. and no garlic. Nope, didn't need them, and I don't like them. <laughs> Ian, what have you been doing? Uh, nothing too exciting. I did um, start going through old videotapes of home movies me and my friends did when we were in high school and converting them to digital. I have a few up on YouTube. If anyone wants to see me and my friends acting really stupid, you can go to YouTube and put in the Ian and Mike show and see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. All right. Kimberly? I've got some old videos like that from college yeah. that probably should get converted over and would probably be quite the fun trip down memory lane. You know, some might speculate that uh, the description that you just gave of you and your friends acting really stupid could also be applied to this podcast. Yeah, well, trust me, you and my friends are much dumber in what we did for the and Mike show than we've ever done in this podcast. Hey, and besides, this is the one true podcast on science, skepticism, and bullshit. This is the one with the writing in the language of Mordor on it, huh? <laughs> one podcast to rule them all? There we go. <laughs> I skipped right, to the end. It ends with us yeah, well, well, wait, what have you been doing, Kimberly? Um, well, I was kind of telling everybody about my stuff. I've got a lot going on in my personal life with business, and um, as I get a little bit further along, I'll, I'll use the podcast to shamelessly plug my new business, stuff like that. All right. Um, but I'm not quite ready for the unveiling yet. But things are good, very, very busy. Um, I can't wait to see what Mac makes me for my birthday. I love pasta. This should be awesome. Uh-huh. Um, but actually, I'm, I'm going to be going out with the uh, the humanists on the move and going up to the mountains for the weekend. So that should be a lot of fun with a, a, di- a new group that I just joined on Meetup. So Can you tell us what is going on with uh, getting the Atheist Convention that's coming up here coordinated? I sure can. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit in announcements, but I did okay. want to mention it. We're going to have a big open house on Sunday, May 6th, so the day after Skeptic Camp. Uh, we're not quite sure where it's going to be. I'm going to have that information very soon, so check it on Meetup for the location. But it's going to be around noon or so, 
and we're going to do a big presentation on what we've got so far. So all the information you need about what's going to be going on at the conference, who all of our speakers are. We've got a lot of really great people booked. Um, we've got different uh, breakout sessions and events going on, comedy nights, films uh, are going to be run, and there's going to be a banquet dinner all sorts of really great stuff, but we totally need volunteers. So the open house is, like I said, going to be a presentation on what's going on. We're going to show what areas we need some more help with in setting up, talk about what volunteers get for helping out, and um, hopefully really move forward. We've had a really tight, if you will, executive committee moving um, and shaking on a lot of stuff, but now... Like I said, we want to get everybody excited about what's going to be going on and uh, get people to get a chance to get involved. Okay, good. So, I mean, because last time when you guys had the open house, it, it seemed a little scattered. So I'm glad to hear that it things are tightening scattered. up. It was a lot scattered. And, I mean, for those who attended it and were confused by it, um, the, if you will, again, executive committee met for the very, very first time 45 minutes before the open house. Wow. We had no idea those people were going to be there. Um, you're absolutely right. We didn't have anything in place because we had just met for the first time. Now we've got a lot more set. It's going to be an incredible weekend, and uh, I really hope everybody gets involved and, and attends and, and gets to listen to a lot of really great stuff. We're doing a picnic on Monday. Uh, that, that's Labor Day, right? And, um, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be really great. So right. definitely come out for this one. And like I said, I know a lot of people were very put off on the first one because they expected all these answers. We'd all just met each other, so uh, we didn't have any then. But yeah, we have but lots of them now. They could have told us that. I mean, that wasn't the way that it was presented to us, I think. I think that's part of the confusion. Yeah, and again, it was just because there yeah. was no leadership really in place at that good. point. Now we've got a really good um, a good system. You know, I'm bossing people around, so that Excellent. helps. Uh, <laughs> but yes, May 6th, uh, around noon, it's probably either going to be at the Grand Hyatt Hotel if we can meet, if they'll give us some space to meet there, or um, I'm looking at maybe Brooklyn's or some other restaurant, downtownish area, where we can do like a PowerPoint presentation to get show everybody what's going on, and then, like I said, we'll break up into the different subcommittees each of the leads will meet with the people who would like to volunteer. So if you want to be involved in the comedy night or you want to be involved in the registration desk or there's tons of things to do. So it's going to be great. Nice. Excellent. All right. What other announcements do you got for me? Ooh, so many, so many. So um, another leadership meeting coming up um, probably the day this comes out or the day after into the churches from our last episode um, is having a leadership meeting on Thursday the 19th. And um, Jason's looking, I guess, to get some more input, get some plans together, figure out how to move forward. I think this one is super exciting. I loved listening to the last episode. It got me re-psyched about going in. And I really do think that uh, what his mission is of, of introducing us to the, the believers and the believers to us is going to be huge. It's going to be really important. So that looks great. Um couple more things. On Sunday, the 22nd, also known as my birthday and, I believe, Earth Day, there, there is a Sunday morning heathen hike with the Mile High Skeptics Group. And uh, the Boulder Atheists are doing Days of Remembrance. I'm not exactly sure what that's about. I think it refers to um, the Jewish tradition of basically looking back on your life and coming to epiphanies and stuff like that. On Saturday, the 28th, CoCore and the Boulder Atheists, they're not 
presenting this, but they're, they've got a meetup out there for what I think is a really important rally on Unite Against the War on Women. Anybody following politics these days knows that, well, at least this is my interpretation, that so much of the stuff we see out there with the anti-abortion and claiming that anyone who uses contraceptives is a slut, even though it's 98% of the people in the country, um, is really, it's a war on women. It's an attack on them. So there's a big rally down at Civic Center Park. I'm going to be there for that. I think it's really great, and I encourage anybody else to go there. On the 29th, the next day, the Boulder Atheists are doing Adopt-A-Road adopt a Cleanup. Again, another, I think, really important event for us to get out there and show that atheists do good things for just the sake of being good, not because they're trying to get into heaven and not because they're trying to avoid hell. Um, and then that night, our friend Eric Meir is hosting the YouTube Comedy Night 2 for the Atheist for Humanity. So, um, Brian, you went to that last one. I'm going to try to help out again with the registration. And um, it's just a great, great fun. Eric um, puts on a really good show of different YouTube videos of atheists and skeptics and just funny stuff. So um, that's going to be at the Walnut Room on Sunday night. Make sure you sign up on the YouTube, or I'm sorry, on the Meetup site, and also go to the AFH site to make your donation to whatever charities you want to support. Do them in AFH's name. That's your entry fee, and uh, I guarantee you'll have a really great night. So uh, Saturday the 5th, Skepticamp, Colorado. That should be great. I think we're doing our last... Um, set up meeting, is it tomorrow or next week? Yeah, it's next, uh, um, it's Tuesday the 24th. So. Okay, so next Tuesday we're, we're meeting, the, the group putting that on, um, is gonna be meeting on Skype. But Skeptic Camps are awesome. They basically run themselves. We've got lots of great people doing presentations. It's gonna be a fabulous day. It's totally free. Totally come and check it out. It's gonna be awesome. As I said before, I went off on, to a large extent, the AAA convention open house is going to be on Sunday the 6th. I want everybody there. Come out and volunteer. And the last thing I've got on announcements is Sunday the 12th, the Humanists of Colorado are doing their monthly meeting. And um, Kai Haswell is doing a presentation on animal rights. I don't know if you remember him, Brian. He yes. uh, yeah. is the one up in Fort Collins who put that skeptic camp on. He's a great speaker. And uh, I'm not a huge animal rights person. I mean, I, okay. I want them to have rights, but it's not my personal crusade. But I know he's a great speaker. So I think yeah, that's he is. Be a good I mean, and yeah. he's working on his degree in philosophy, which it probably ties in a lot into this. Um, that That's Brian Walsh's boyfriend. Yeah, we yeah. met him at Skeptic yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, great, great guy. So that's your announcements for right now. Right. Lots of really good stuff coming on. Other things to look forward to in June. Um, CoCor is going to be doing the People's Fair. So uh, I haven't done this yet, but that sounds like a lot of fun. Apparently there's really great arguments with theists. So awesome. It's a very sad life. It's part of Satan, I think, to say that this is gay. It's anything but gay. It leads to the personal enslavement of individuals. Because if you're involved in the gay and lesbian lifestyle... It's bondage. It is personal bondage, personal despair, and personal enslavement. And that's why this is so dangerous. We need to have profound compassion for people who are dealing with a very real issue of sexual dysfunction in their life and sexual identity disorders. Our, uh, our podcast on marriage equality got a lot of good feedback. And we have, and we had, you know, people tell us, you know, that, um, one person had an issue where where a partner had trouble getting into a hospital and uh, some issues like that, and which was good to get some of that kind of feedback. I, I think that the the main piece of feedback we got was uh, who was this? 
I think it was, uh, oh, it was dumbass giving a, uh, um, giving everybody civil unions. And now, Kimberly, you responded to this. What, what it, basically, I, I mean, he, he's supporting the idea of, of giving everybody a civil union, right? Right. And now, is he suggesting that, that we, that the state doesn't give marriage? Well, what was his, what was his basic, I can't remember now. Yeah, I guess, you know, just a similar one that we've heard before, the idea that the government really should um, be in the business of civil unions, that if they feel so strongly about this marriage thing, that go ahead and let them have it. But a civil union is really what is politically and realistically going on anyway. Yeah, um, here's, I guess, you know, I think that we've said intellectually this this idea of the state has nothing to do with marriage and just gives out civil union is probably intellectually the the most honest way to do this. Yeah, we're making civil unions for everyone. If, if, you know, legally, as far as state's concerned, everyone has a civil union in regards to a couple right. of them. You and, can and call I, whatever you want outside of that. And I don't think that that it can be equated to separate but equal because we're we're just we're just exchanging one for the other and making it equal for everybody. Right. Right. Okay. Which was my thought. But uh, one of the big problems that we have, I think, um, is that we have marriage, and then now we have this lesser marriage that has all the same rights, but is looked down on as a lesser marriage. And I think that that well, that's where your point about separate but equal came in, right, Kimberly? Well, especially. I guess yes. Um, I mean, this wasn't the original argument where separate but equal came up. Um, they, they more, the, the separate but equal argument was applied to if you had a civil union that was the same as marriage for same sex relationships, um, why would you complain about that? You'd have exactly the same rights. And my point is that's separate but equal. Okay. And it doesn't work. This I, and is I don't, a slight and I, well, variation okay. on that. And I just want to point that out that everybody would have it. So there is no, there is nothing else. There's no right. separation. That's, and that's what I'm saying is the most, is, is the most intellectually honest way to do it. Not, right. not the idea of having both. Right. Okay. Right. But the, everybody, no matter what, would have a civil union. Right. Well, but, if you were in a relationship. So, yes. but if we, if we do that, we're just talking semantics now. And we're, and we're, and we're just talking about the label that we use. And by, by saying civil union instead of marriage may, maybe would make the religious people that have an issue with this more comfortable with it. But is it really any different? And I, I would say it's not. It's, it is marriage at that point. And so, I, I, I guess I don't think that, that the idea of calling it civil union at this point is really w even worth fighting for uh, now now that I've given it some thought because it is the same thing. It's just a different label. Would you agree with that? Me personally? I mean, again, in a, in a completely blank world where you were kind of restarting everything and you were going to call them civil unions instead of marriages, sure. If, um, and I guess my point remains that we don't live in this world, so I don't see what the point of the argument is. Okay. I think it's a waste of resources to try and convince a hundred percent of straight people that they now have a civil union and that they can't therefore complain about same sex civil unions because nobody has a tie to that. It just seems like a waste of time. Okay. I mean, it's truly a semantics kind of thing that yeah, has agree. lost it. But and, here, and as we said on the podcast, you know, if they, if the, if the theists want to say, well, I have a holy matrimony and you simply have a marriage, they can spend as much time and energy on that as they'd like. I encourage it. It sounds like a hobby and these people desperately need something to keep <laughs> something them focused to because every time they get out, 
with nothing to do, they bother other people. I, I certainly liked your point, and I've heard this several times, that isn't it nice that my that minorities can have the rights that the majority are willing to give them? Mm-hmm. And and I really think – and we're, we're about to um, – on the ballot is going to be the, the civil union motion here in Colorado. And mm-hmm. according and, – and the governor, Governor Hickenlooper, talked to us this weekend, and he said that that this the, that the approval rating for this is about sixty two percent. So, but you know, they said it was high last time too. So this could pass, but and and this state will will have a civil union and it'll have marriage. O- okay, but there's some serious issues with this because if I go to Wyoming. Or, or you go to Wyoming with your partner. One of you ends up in the hospital. They're not going to honor your civil union because until this is done at the federal level, made equal, all the states doing it is, is nice. It feels nice and warm and fuzzy, but ultimately state to state, it means something because it means something different. What are we really accomplishing? Well, I tell you, um, when I first heard about this, I was like, what, what are we doing here? Civil unions, haven't we had this fight? What are we, you know, why I'm against it? And then I, um, I had two things happen. One, Washington just passed same sex marriage, full equal rights and everything like that. They're, they've legislated that they've gone through it. Their history is the same as what Denver is or Colorado is doing right now. They started with the civil unions and then they had the everything but marriage act. And, um, what they basically did was they moved the goalposts each time into something a little bit more, uh, concrete until they got to the ultimate goal. So it's worked. Um, you know, to your point, it doesn't really matter what individual states do until the federal government mandates it. I completely agree with you. And at the same time, I don't think that it's completely wasted effort. I mean, when you look at this as with the abolition of slavery, there were some states that abolished slavery long before um, before it was abolished everywhere. And that was an important, I mean, we fought a war over it, but that was an important starting point. Um, same thing with interracial marriage. And again, I know I'm pissing people off here who think that they're very separate, but you haven't convinced me yet. Keep bringing those arguments. Um, you haven't convinced me that there's a whole lot of uh, real difference between interracial marriage and same-sex marriage issues. They're the same fight over again. They're the same bigots over again. Well, be, no, but it, it isn't any different. As far as I can see, it was illegal, right? Mm-hmm. You you could not marry a black person if you were a white person and vice versa. I mean, it was... Right, and then again, again, some states started lifting those kind of bans and was just like, no, of course you can do that here, but then your interracial marriage on the East Coast didn't translate into a Southern... Right. State until the federal government got involved in the um, is it Loving versus West Virginia? I do not know case. I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. That they ironically had the last name Loving, which is fabulous. Yes, and um, and that's and that's when they said no on a federal level. If the marriage, the marriage, an interracial marriage is valid in every state in the U. All right, and they you know they claimed at that point that was going to be the end of civilization as we know it, and every white in uh, intra. Racial marriage was going to be wait, put at risk. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You mean it wasn't? You, yeah, you mean the, it didn't uh, our, our world? <laughs> Are you sure? You didn't, you didn't notice? Well, no. Now, Kimberly, yeah. I, I asked you on the last podcast if, you know, if by giving people civil unions, you know, a lesser marriage, lesser marriage would be a good start. And you told me no. I, 
I I am very conflicted on it. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm Good. conflicted on it because I do think it's a really bad thing to do. And at the same time, I, it, I have evidence that it's worked. And as mm-hmm. a skeptic, aren't I supposed to change my mind when I'm presented with new evidence? Well, okay. <laughs> so, the, so the, I mean, based on what you said, I'm encouraged. And I, I, I can see where that, where that probably can work. You know, it's got to start somewhere. It, and, mm-hmm. and until it does, until we get, start with something, I mean, expecting the whole pie at once is probably unrealistic. So, I mean, I would of course vote for civil unions, even with my reservations, because right. I really do feel that it's a start. I, w- I I'm not going to say, well, this isn't good enough and, and vote it. No. What I really think should happen is that they should go, you know what? Constitutionally, everybody should have these rights and it, it shouldn't matter whether the majority thinks they should have them or not. Everybody, it, we have marriage equality between two people and, and call it done. It's not going right. to happen. I know that. So I'm going to be happy if we, if we pass a civil union here in Colorado. And, and look at it as a start. It's going to be a start. I mean, I'm voting for it, and I will most likely be getting one of them uh, after it's passed. You know, because, again, I've, I've, I have a family. I have to protect my rights. But, um, you know, if you're going to say, you know, well, there, aren't you happy? Are you satisfied now? I'm not. And, no, no, no. You know, it's, yeah. it's also one of those kind of fun ones because I feel bad because there are going to be people on the other side who say, if you give them this, you're going to wind up giving them marriage. And those bigots are absolutely right. Absolutely. And they should be scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I would, I mean, I, I would have to get divorced to get a civil union, right? But I would do it if, if I was, if I was starting over, I would just get the civil union, right? Mm. As my support for, you know, um, for the LBG whatever community. Sorry, I forget the whole initialism. Um, yeah, there's I, lots of it. <laughs> I, I would certainly, I, I would certainly support, um, support you in that way. And so I hope that people, um, instead of getting married, will choose a civil union instead. Now, if it doesn't have all the same rights as marriage, if the, if there are caveats, boy, that's going to be difficult. Yeah. And so I, I, yeah, it is going to be difficult yeah. for somebody to, to willingly step up to, yes, I would like you to give me second class citizenhood because I think, you know, in solidarity. And you know what? I mean, again, I, I'm just speaking for me. I wouldn't ask you to. I wouldn't ask you to put your family at risk in order to make a stand like this. I think, I think it's wonderful. I think it's a great um, idea and, and I, I really support the idea of it. And, you know, I, I think it might even take a couple of brave people like that who might have a little bit less to lose who say, you know, I'm going to go with my heterosexual relationship to sue the state over the fact that my civil union isn't recognized everywhere. But it is happening in other states. Uh, and cause, and I had I think I covered an article where that was happening. I know that I put it on Facebook, and that and Stacy asked me if I was going to get a civil union. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, and again, it's 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 a really interesting place. And like I said, I've I want to say I've grown a lot because yeah, my first thing was it's everything or nothing. And maybe it's just, the, again, the fact that I'm hitting 41 here in a week. Um, I'm, I'm not as militant as I used to be. Um, I still want everything. I still think we absolutely deserve everything. And I very much feel in my heart we're going to get it. But um, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take these baby steps, Good. too, and try not to. I, I don't want to. I'm certainly not going to be bitter about it. I'm going to be, um, you know, looking forward to the eventuality that. You know, we, we can't live in a society with separate but equal. It just doesn't work. And we'll, we'll get there. Yep. Excellent. So I'm feeling positive about it today. All right. 
Uh, a couple of other, you know, I, I don't look at these often enough and I don't actually know the dates that, that these went up, but there was a couple of people who, who, wrote, who, um, put a little something up on, uh, on, uh, iTunes for us, a couple of review. And one of them is, what is this? Tala Fofo. I'm, 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 I'm sure I'm getting that right. And I apologize. They said they, they just found the podcast a month ago and they were working through our back catalog. Great podcast. So thank you very much. The other person is stuck in space time and they just said that they loved it. So certainly appreciate, um, when anybody leaves us a review like that on iTunes. That's great. Um, we haven't really, well, that one, although that one sounds like it might be a nom de plume for Ian. <laughs> Come on, Doctor Goopan. We've outed you. Figured it out. So no, but it, I mean, I I am looking at these things. So if people put reviews up there, I I you know I, I go and I look if they're in other countries and I've missed them because I went through a couple of countries and and I I didn't see anything, but and so I could have missed those. I certainly appreciate it when people do that. Um, so if by chance you're in another country and you put something up on um on iTunes or reviews, um, send us an email at uh, WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com, and I will certainly uh, acknowledge that on the podcast. So thank you very much for doing that. All right. And thanks for all the comments. Let's, let's keep – Yeah. I, I find the, the conversation okay. that arises from these things the, the best part. I got I got a lovely email from um, from um, from Mims. Min? Yeah, Min. Mims. And uh, telling me that I, I – I, I forgot, uh, I was listening to, I started Judas Unchained, and that's Peter of Hamilton, and so she, she's like, I'm sure that you, uh, he, or, I don't know, uh, the person said, I'm sure that you probably realized by now, and, uh, and they, and they actually were just back from the Reason Rally, so good for them, um, and they were, they were enjoying the podcast too, so that's great, I, I really appreciate that. So, great. we had a discussion about Peter of Hamilton books. We both like the Dreaming Void. And actually, you had a discussion with a listener too, didn't you, Kimberly? Well, I, this was um, a pod, uh, we're going to do the article, I think, another time because okay, we're already we'll skip it. Okay. have a big topic to go through. But yeah, David uh, and I were having a discussion about stuff, and he sent in an article that we're going to go over. Probably not this podcast, but we will. So yeah, I, again, if you listeners have things you want discussed, send it to us. Let us know. We're we're totally happy to do that. All right, let's move on. And let's, I had oh, a uh, hey one, one oh, moment. Yeah, sure. I had a discussion with a listener also. And that listener was dumbass. I yes. guess starred on his uh, Invisible Sky Monster podcast. That makes three fourths of the amateur skeptics who've been on the Invisible Sky Monster podcast so far. And uh, Ian, he said, "You know why you haven't been on there yet?" Oh, <laughs> I just want to say, okay. in in, def- in defense <laughs> of. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the civil unions and of course it was dumbass that was, uh, trying really, you know, he, he was, uh, giving us an argument for them. And I just want to say, say, you know, remember, we have to kind of forgive him because he's Canadian. <laughs> right. That's true. And, and the, the poor guy is in apparently a, uh, an actual loving relationship, which of course is not what marriage was designed exactly. for. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Give him some pity. All right. <laughs> and All right. what was yeah, your the- discussion, uh, Mac? Oh, we uh, we picked up on a whole lot of articles. One of the things we talked about is pink slime, which we'll be discussing uh, in a podcast or two anyway. But we uh, we had a we had a bunch of fun little things to look at. Good, cool. Hello, officer. Would you be kind enough to remove this trespasser from my home? What are you talking about? This is my house. No, this house belongs to Peter Griffin, and that's me. Hmm. Driver's license, social security card, passport title to the house. Huh. This puts me in a tough spot. Joe, you can't possibly believe this. You know who Peter is. I know, Lois, but this man has all the paperwork. Oh, come on. This is identity theft. 
I hate to have to do this, but I'm afraid legally I have no choice. I'm going to have to ask you to leave, sir. I let it's time <laughs> to start our army. We're going to be talking we're going to talk about identity tonight, personal identification, um and identity as a philosophy, and uh, Ian is going to uh tell us all about it. So Ian, what what's identity? To me, most of the stuff we've ever covered in our podcast come down to identity. I mean, we talk about religion, spirituality, faith, the, you know, belief in ghosts, UFO stuff like that. You know, we talked about homosexual marriages. You know, time and time again, um, so much. And that's marriage what, equality. Marriage equality. Marriage, thank you. But we, we, sexuality. Okay, and that's probably the better way. Okay. We talk about sexuality, All right. sexual preference, stuff like that. So much of what we discuss really does come down to identity. How people view themselves. You know, how society views them, all, all this stuff comes together. And so to me, this was the most logical topic to get around to sooner or later. Okay. So okay. I'm trying to find out more about identity. It's interesting because most of the stuff, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any concrete way to get into what identity is. It talks about, you know, the philosophy of it, you know, all, all this higher stuff because to some extent we don't know that much about identity. You know, it gets into, are we really the same person we were, even though we have the memory and stuff like that? So identity is a complex thing. And it, it's, you know, to me, it, it's very much something worth talking about, worth thinking about, because it's a, very important to our society. And like I said, it, so much of what we talk about can come down to identity. How we identify ourselves is almost the key thing to life to me. Well, I mean, so, get, get specific here. I mean, tell me, what, 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 I, what do I need to know? Well, that, that's what uh, we'll start talking about. Here. Okay, okay. Uh, start talking. Brian, I, I was going to start with names because names to me is the most basic way we straight identify things. And um, three of us, I know for a fact, Brian goes by his middle name. Mac, um, his birth name is Sean, so you know, no one. I don't know if anyone calls him by his birth name. It's not like Mac. I knew him as um, uh, what did I meet you as? White Wolf. White Wolf. Yeah. So um. And I changed my last name to reflect the fact that my stepfather played an important role in raising me. So right off the bat, three people here, for whatever reasons, have altered their names because of how they identify themselves. Actually, it's not true. So, okay. Um, I My mom is the one that opted to call me by my middle name. Um, she was not particularly fond of my first name, William, but uh, I, I believe that that was insisted upon by my father. So she honored that, but gave me the name that she wanted to call me by, and that's the name that I use. Okay. But interestingly that's enough, it does it does very much go into my identity. Right. And so you, and you see that. It's interesting how much people put into names. I, I, I put this article here some time ago as a joke one to look at, but it's 10 illegal baby names, which um, is quite interesting because it, it looks at kind of the, how society views names and the importance of them. Because you know, th there are names that in some cultures are illegal because um, th they could be confusing to the kid. They could be stuff that the kid gets made fun of, stuff like that. Yet, if you look through this list, some of this stuff is really, you know, uh, the, okay, here's a couple names that were blocked in New Zealand. Fish and Chips, Yeah, Detroit, Keenan Got Lucy, and Sexford. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's an interesting article. Because, yeah, but, uh, because I, but what's more interesting about the article is the way that the state is getting involved more than that these people are choosing outrageous names. The fact that the states are or the countries are coming down saying, I don't think so. But right, I, I think so, so, the more interesting thing so, about yeah. names yeah. is that when we look at somebody and they tell us their name, we immediately have a have a internal dialogue about whether that person looks like what their names as what their yeah, name says to us. 
Or we might have an internal dialogue about, I I know somebody with that name, are they going to act like that person? Sure. So we may treat them as somebody other than they are because they have a name, you know, you may have known an Eric and you didn't like an Eric. Well, I I have a weird thing with names of people close to me. Like, my sister's name is Lisa. My best friend Mike married Lisa. It took me forever to remember that that woman's name is Lisa because, in my mind, my sister is the Lisa. Mm -hmm. And other Lisas, and I have a lot of common names. If I know someone with that name who's close to me, I have a hard time remembering other people that have that same name. It really blocks out because, you know, my best friend, he is the Mike. Other Mikes I have a hard time remembering, oh, yeah, that's a Mike as well. And it's just because those names are close to me, to give someone else the exact same name, it throws me off. Because, no, no, they should have a different name because they're not the Mike. My mom chose Brian because she was a teacher, and she never had to yell at a Brian in one of her classes. <laughs> okay. But, no, there's no doubt names play a huge significance in identity. And it's, it's you know, how it, it's not necessarily ourselves, but it's how, you know, we identify ourselves to the world. And, you know, people do manipulate their names for that. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that. Uh, there was apparently when uh, Muhammad Ali changed his name, I believe that was a huge deal, you know, to suddenly go to this um, Islamic name and, oh, my God, why is he going against the name that his parents gave him? That's horrible, horrible kind of stuff. But, um, you know, he changed his faith and everything and said, okay, I'm going to change my name to a name that reflects who I now see myself as being. Sure. Actually, though, let's not forget that Mac probably has one of the more interesting stories when it comes to names. Don't you, Mac? Okay. Uh, you're talking about my given name? I'm talking about your last name. Oh, you're talking about the Smith Ford? I am. Okay. Well, basically, uh, my wife and I got married. Sorry, no civil union. Okay. We, we, we tried, forgive you. It's not always civil. <laughs> um, and we decided to go ahead and put our names together rather than changing either one of them. But, of course, she chose a different last name than what hers originally was. Well, yeah, but there was an entirely – there was a very good reason for that. Sure. Now, apparently um, – I, 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 I need to find the article. But I read an article talking about women and how they're viewed business-wise, professionally, um, in their name. If they keep their maiden name, they're actually viewed as being smarter and more professional than if they actually take on their husband's name. So, you know, there's a level of society where they, you know, that kind of thing gets reflected um, you know, weakness. And that's it's all an interesting perception too. Yeah. It, it if you take the if you take the name of the other person, you're subordinating yourself to that person essentially is what it right. is the perception. Yeah. I know quite a few women who wanted it due to issues with their family. It's like, no, I I want to take on a new name because I don't like the the connection that name gives me to certain members of the family that I have issues with. Uh, so, let me make a let me make a point about my wife's name change happened before we got together. Well, before not before we got together, but before the marriage, she had she did a legal name change before we got married. So, most like she just suddenly decided to change her name on the form. I don't think they allow that. <laughs> no, I suppose not. I honestly have no idea what goes into legally getting your name changed. I've never looked into it. It's I, I've, I've heard that it's very bothersome when you get no. married, get everything done. Just because there's so many uh-huh. little things that has your name on it. Eh, I, I guess my wife um, didn't have that much with her name on it when we got married. So I don't know about that. But name change is real easy. Go to the, at least here in Colorado. You go to the courthouse, uh-huh. fill out the papers, go before a judge. As long as you aren't changing your name for a, you know to hide from legal reasons or something like that, then you have to make sure it gets uh, posted in a paper. It could be the, the smallest little paper out there. 
but you have to put uh, basically a, a, a posting in a newspaper saying so-and-so changes the name to such-and-such. So it's really it. difficult to actually find a newspaper now. Yeah. No, the, the courts give you, the, it's like, well, this is the one that's just a few blocks away that costs next to nothing to put the um, personal ad in. All right. Huh. And I've never noticed a personal ad that, that said that, although I'm sure yeah. they're out yeah. there. Oh. I've just never seen them. Yeah. Well, like I said, <laughs> the problem on the big papers because that would cost money. You go, you know, you, I forget the name of the paper mine was done, in, but even to change my last name the way I did, uh, you know, that's what I had to go through. And all that was okay. was adding Breezy to it, so. Interesting. All right. I, I mean, you know, Kimberly, I gotta, do you I have any... honestly say the last time I handled a newspaper was to put it under a birdcage, so. Kimberly, do you have any attachments to names in any way that you can think of? Um, you know, again, it it's obviously hasn't come up very much in um, in my non-marriage world, um, but I've never wanted to give up my last name. I think my last name is cool. I mean, you would have to have something like, you know, change my name to like Kimberly Death or something like that, you know, for me to change my name by getting married. Like, it just, it. I, I always knew from a kid that I wanted to remain a Saviano. It was kind of important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wasn't an issue. So, um, but I've never really thought about it. I do have a couple of weird things. Like, when I see my name written, I like it to be Kimberly. When someone's speaking to me, I'm fine if I'm Kim. Hmm. But if you write my name Kim, I'm always like, what, you couldn't spare five letters? <laughs> <Seriously? laughs> you it, it's worth, a weird identity thing, yeah. <laughs> you're saying you're worth seven letters then. You're <laughs> like not them, yeah. just let it go for three. You better get your seven letters. I, I deserve them. Yeah, weird, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no real attachment to my last name. And I've often thought about dumping my first name and making Brian my making Brian my first name, just because it would be so much easier. Yeah, well, my friend Stefan did that. Um, his his first name is Michael, but he never went by. He always went by Stefan, and people kept bugging him. It's like, why don't you go by your first name? So finally, he said, "Screw it, I'll just change it." Stefan will be my first name now. Right. I I, I have some of those kinds of feelings for sure. Would you so, yeah, look but, into but, it before this? I no, I I haven't. Uh, you know, it's yeah. It's, I didn't realize it was so easy. You know, I because I I've had the thought because I just I, I I don't like the name William. It's fine for other people, but I'm not a William. I don't identify with that name at all, and I so I have no use for it. Yeah, your Facebook page throws me off. I I, I keep forgetting that I have to look for William, not Brian. If yeah. I'm on look at your Facebook stuff. Right, and, and I've done a few times. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you so, don't yeah. you don't really just come across as a William. You can't even you can't even Billy that because because no. you know. I, oh, we lost you there. I actually find Billy offensive, and I don't know why. It just it just it I it just rubs me the wrong way when somebody calls me Bill or Billy. I I hate it. I just and I and well, listen, I, I my I have a visceral reaction to it that I have no control of. I I dislike it with a passion. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there you so, go. There's one okay, of my buttons. So so if your name did change, like, you know, I, I've known people who changed their name, like they got like real hippie names, you know, like Birdsong and weird stuff like that <laughs> in an effort to not change their identity, like trying to get away from the law, but but maybe more like Mac's wife of wanting to start a new life that was unassociated with the previous one. And again, I don't have personal uh, history with this, but I just wonder... You know, does it really have that effect, do you think, for people who say, okay, don't call me Kimberly anymore, now I'm, I don't know, Skyla, whatever you want to call me, I don't care. Do you think it really makes you feel different? You have to ask Mac's wife. And and I guess, I think, I guess Ian, too. I think it did, did it make her feel, it made her feel very different. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the the reasoning to my last name was a lot of family issues. You know, I, I looked at it on the canon side. I had pretty much just my father, my biological father, who you know we get along fine, but I'm not necessarily that close to. On the Brazy side, we have my stepfather who raised me, and I you know have a strong bond with my mother. Um, all my stepfather's family who I'm very close to. You know, they're the family that's always been there. That's where all my aunts and uncles are. Um, I. I it, so to me, when I came of age, it was my my choice completely. But I came of age, and it's like, okay, how do I want to identify myself? And I said, well, I'm definitely part of the Brazy family. There's no doubt about that. But I, I'm not necessarily going to get rid of the canon part because I, I want to, you know, still have a connection to my father. I think honestly, if I would have gotten rid of the canon, that would have really hurt him. So I also looked at it as I'm trying to become a writer and stuff. That's going to be a unique, memorable name, anyways. So, you know, there, there was some thought that went into it, and, you know, I, I like what I came up with. I, you know, it, it works for me, and I think it does identify me the best. All right. And it did make you feel a little bit different when it was done? Yeah, and, well, it, yeah. yeah, and I know it made my stepfather feel, you know, different. He, he's, at, I bet. It was, you know, it meant a lot to him. All yeah. Right. Well, so, and, you know, now that we're talking about it, I really haven't thought about it in years, but I was confirmed in the Catholic Church as a kid. Um, they do that to you, like when you're 12 or something like that. You pick another name so that you that like that's your Catholic name or something. I never quite understood the whole thing because I quit Catholicism shortly thereafter. I made the deal with my mom. I will wear the dress. I will do this stupid ceremony, and then you will leave me alone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, so I, I picked the name Jamie, and and some of that was to kind of screw with them because I wanted a masculine name. Um, that was based on St. James, so they couldn't tell me it wasn't biblical. And um, I remember it tweaked the hell out of my, my godmother, my, my Aunt Pat. Um, she was so angry about it. But, um, you know, it's, it, so I didn't have a spiritual connection to it, but I suppose that is a ceremony that is supposed to convey adulthood and choice-making and your identity in the church. And I didn't think of it that way at the time, but, you know, I can see that that's really what the purpose of that whole ceremony was, right? Sure. I can see that. So, okay, so we've talked about names for quite a while, so certainly that is part of the way that we identify ourselves. What, what else? Well, you put up the willpower stuff. Which actually uh, the free will stuff. Yeah, and and, the, and I don't know how much I'm ready to get into that, but because I'm still, I'm still trying to, I think I'm really more beginning to understand what Sam Harris is saying about it but I, I, tell us what he's saying well what he's saying um basically i mean we we have he, he's not he's not denying that we have free will you know to choose stuff to a certain extent but where those choices come from and and i was thinking about this like with the reaction of of my name how i don't have any real attachment to it and how if somebody calls me billy i i have this reaction right i don't have a lot of control over that i don't know where it comes from but but it always comes um and so I, I think it applies, but I was I was trying to to work that out, and uh, I I think that how much we have control over our self identity is a lot is a lot developed by our brain wiring, and how there's we, a lot of programming in it. Yeah, which I really didn't agree with Dennett's view on, but you know he he made a good point that a lot of what we think of as free will is actually our past experience programming us to make decisions in the future. Well, part of identity is uh, you can't get past the, the, your past. That does definitely create your identity. And, you know, so, yeah, your free will is definitely going to be, you know, 
altered by your own personal experience. Right. No doubt. But what what brought this up for me? Um, what brought it up was uh, reading the personal identity stuff, and reading that. Um, I noticed that they, they're talking about they were starting to get into the brain versus the soul and consciousness. And this is a, an interesting debate because I have a very naturalist point of view on this. Okay, I, I don't believe in a soul in, in the way that they're talking about it. And I do think that consciousness and, and who we are is a matter of our brain and where it comes from. And I keep looking at arguments from – from people talking about like near death experience and how they're claiming that that research shows that consciousness comes from outside somewhere, right? So it's kind of almost like the brain is a, a receiver. And so when you die, your consciousness leaves. That's what, that's what they're saying. I, I, I really don't think that the research supports it in the way that they seem to think it does. There's something interesting happens there, but, but you can't, you start talking about identity and you go, and eventually you're gonna, you go down this path to who am I? Am I, am I just my brain or is there something more? Is there a soul? Is my soul conscious? Where does consciousness come from? And so those start to become, I think, the bigger questions of identity. Oh yeah, that's why most of it's. You know, it even says in the, the Wikipedia article, it's philosophy. You know, to actually get down to what it is, science really at this point definitely can't explain it. You, you have to look at identity as a um, philosophical idea. Well, but if you start looking at free will and how some of these decisions are being made, when when we decide to do something, like if I decide to move um, my right or left hand. Right, Sam, and you tell me move your right or left hand, and I make a decision finally to move my left hand. I made that decision before, somewhere in my, deeper in my mind, right before I received the um, that, that that's what I was going to do. It happened somewhere else. It didn't happen right. at the conscious level, and they can show this. Uh, I think is using fMRI, and they and they can tell you based on the patterns, whether I had decided to move my right or left hand before I knew whether I was going to move my right or left hand. So there's something deeper going on here in our brains. And we're, we're almost, we're at the tail end of that decision-making process when we see that we decided to do that. And so what yeah, there's... I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so, I mean, and this is... The interpretation that the, that they're making from the from certain evidence, you know that that they're researching. I don't know if it's the right interpretation, but it's certainly the inference that Sam Harris is making. If I'm getting it right, I could be missing his argument somewhat here. Go ahead, Kimberly. I'm sorry. Well, I found I found this to be the most difficult, and I haven't read the book yet, but I found it to be the most difficult part of Sam Harris's presentation that he does seem to be suggesting this almost other that's making your decisions before you make your decisions and they look like your decisions but they're really like you say um <laughs> in time the impulse to the nerve appears to be happening before the con before the conscious thought enters so it would sound like you know you are simply agreeing with what your body was doing already well, and it's all happening yeah. in nanoseconds and fractions right. of nanoseconds stuff but um which which kind of leads me to wonder if the science is truly as accurate as as this is suggesting kind of like you are but i i i just kind of 
I don't know. It, it comes down to a point where when the nanoseconds are being split like this and, you know, if you're just simply agreeing with the chemical and electronic electrical signals, signals going on in your body, um, you know, what it all means. And you called it, I think you just called it naturalist kind of idea that, that if, I, if I'm not putting words into your mouth, just make sure I've got this right. You're a monist. You believe that there is one thing that is you. And that's a combination of everything in, in your body, your brains, your thoughts. Um, but there's just one thing, that there's not this external soul and mind, or yes. mind and brain, is and, I think what, what uh, yeah. most dualists kind of separated on. Exactly. And, and I, call with it, you. I call that naturalism, naturalist. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I've heard it referred to as monism, okay. just the, the idea that there's one thing there rather than, um, you know, soul and body or mind and brain. I think I think those are the same thing, and um, you know, again, this is the science is not complete on it. So this is one of those places where you know, confirmed atheists like us have to take some stuff on a little bit of faith. It seems like this makes more sense to me, but I don't have evidence. Right, and I have to freely admit he, that part. he's right when he says, "Okay, I want you to think of a um, of a state, right, or a city." And, and it's like, okay. And now that was the wrong one. Think of another, right? And then he says, okay, why didn't you think of Cairo? And you might, and actually, Kimberly, you might have thought of Cairo because maybe that was his, you know, that was his explanation. But where did, where did those thoughts come from? Where, where did, where, where did, I mean, you can kind of look at it and kind of analyze it and say, well, you know, I, I, I kind of keyed off of this and this. So it was an, maybe there was an environmental factor or a stimulus, but ultimately, you didn't actually choose which one to think of. And it's an interesting thought experiment. And, and I, I know I, I still don't feel that I, I, I quite can go down the road with him and that I, that I quite understand what, you know, what, I don't get it all by any means. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, but from what you, well, and he may not necessarily be right either. Hey, go ahead, Ian. But from what you described, I don't think anyone necessarily gets all, even him. He, he seems, I don't know, what you're describing seems a bit vague and a bit hard to really prove, because when you said that, I was like, well, I could go with Lakewood, my home city, but now I want to do something more interesting, I'll go with Albuquerque, because the name's funny. But did you think and of Cairo? I, no. Didn't Why think not? Of Cairo because Why didn't you think of Cairo? it's not associated with me. I, I went through yeah, names but, that have a connection to me. But so you I've had... Okay, so... There, you know, I have memories of it. Right. And do you think Albuquerque is a funny name because they used it in Looney Tunes cartoons that you watched years ago? No, actually, I think it's my name because of Wood Owl's song about it. <laughs> that too. Uh, ultimately, okay, so I mean, this could be programming. Y- you've got to read his book, and and the and the stuff on the podcast is good. I mean, he has a lot of out there. There's a lot Dennett, uh, of Dennett talking about free will, but I, I think it, the logical. Why would anyone without a connection to Cairo think of Cairo? It doesn't make sense to me. It's like no, but that's I, his I point. That, that's his point. You, you you could not have thought of it because you have no connection to it, and you and and you didn't choose not to have a connection to it. So yeah, how is that free will? But yeah, so you don't, you don't have the free will to choose Cairo because you don't have a connection to it. Right, that's his I, I, point. It's a nasty I, I, point. I don't agree with that. That's something that has to do with free Well, of course will. you don't agree with it <laughs> because you don't like it. <laughs> It, it doesn't. I, the logic doesn't work for me on that one. Well, I, I think I. I don't know. I think the logic does work. Um, I, I just don't know if it suggests everything that he's saying it suggests. So I mean, once again, but you. But you're hearing. You're you're hearing the argument from my mouth. I'm reinterpreting his argument. 
So sure. the best thing to do is to go get the argument from him because uh, you're getting it Agreed. secondhand. Agreed. So I'm going to be doing um, – I, I think I have a podcast of like my topic scheduled in a couple of weeks, um, and I'm going to be doing a, a lightning round presentation at Skepticamp on this. But I've been doing a lot of studying on brain plasticity. Okay. So I'm going to give you a quick little preview because it does kind of touch on all this. And it talks about how uh, the brain is basically, like you say, programmable. It's based on our previous experiences, the things that we do – can get reinforced or uh, diminished based on our the reactions we have and how that tends to influence our subsequent behaviors. So, you know, if you have a, you know, the dopamine effect from something that will encourage you to do it again and um, because it was pleasurable, it, it made your brain feel good and it's actually doing stuff to the wiring of your brain that reinforces it. But it does come to the point where, I mean, if you had that brain in a vat kind of idea, like um, a Descartes kind of idea of the evil genius controlling all of your sensations, what do you have of the of the universe? You know, he um, he he suggests that if all of your senses are being manipulated, then you are not. We don't know anything about anything because everything's being manipulated. But yeah. he comes back to, you know, this idea of cogito ergo sum of, you know, the one thing I do know is that I know something. All of my information may be false, but I know something. And he was trying to break down, you know, where identity starts and how that happens. So it's all, I know this is really rambling and stuff because it is such a big, big topic. Yeah. But where you come from is, I think, to what we've said before, the effect of, of all your experiences the way you in, you interpreted those experiences, the way your body was able to absorb those experiences. You know, if you're blind and I'm not blind and we have the same experience, we're going to have a very different experience. Yeah. And the really amazing part is that even if you're not blind and you have the exact same type of eyesight I have, you're still going to have your own completely experience. unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. It, Which it's really an, blows you away because yeah. then what is real? What are we all agreeing on? Right. Well, and right now I'm reading um, The Republican Brain by Chris Mooney. And once again, you know, that's talking about – That seems a contradiction in terms. <laughs> it's talking yeah. about, uh, um, you know, the the Republican or basically the conservative brain versus the liberal brain and, and, and so how there's some fundamental differences between the two. Um, and, and it's funny because I bought four books this week and they're all about – uh, all about the brain and I keep buying all these books about how the brain works and, and, and why we do, why we, um, the other one is, uh, um, the better angels of our nature, why we, um, why we violently, uh, why violence has declined by Stephen Pinker. A lot of Stephen Pinker stuff. I'm reading all these things about the brain here recently. I'm so interested in this topic and free will is a small fraction of all the stuff that I've been reading. I used to think the brain was the most interesting part of the body. Then I thought, well, yeah, but look what's telling me that. So I don't trust that anymore. <laughs> I, I thought I thought for sure you were going, and then I discovered my penis. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're uh, Brian. You're going with the coito ergo sum argument. <laughs> and then Matt here threw up a gender identity article. Right, I threw that in there because that's another huge way that we identify ourselves, both by our what. What we dis what we feel that our gender is, whether that's our physical gender or whether whether our internal gender is something entirely different than what our physical gender is, and also our sexuality, because we define ourselves as you know heterosexual, homosexual, fetishist, some combination of the above, and 
that is how, and it is through these different things that we're going to interpret the world. Well, I think if you went and tried to, if if I said, okay, tell me who Mac is, you know, like you have to self-identify all of the things that make up who you are. The list would be, you know, you'd you'd come up with a, a list and you'd think, yeah, that that pretty much describes me, you know, of all these different things, and then you you give it half a minute's thought and you'd probably come up with another couple dozen descriptors of of pieces of you that that equally describes. And, yep. I mean, who we are is so so complicated. Well, and like you say, I mean, yeah. some people try to bring it down to, oh, you're a man or a woman. That's a more complicated issue there. But it's not like that gives you a ton of information because you're maybe a certain kind of man or, you know, th- there's so well, many things that bring it up and 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 clarify what that means. It's it's just kind man, of amazing. It's a man, rabbit. Man about down. And the last part of this article, it says, note that just as gender and sex are not interchangeable terms, neither gender development and sexual development interchange. Basically saying, you know, sex and gender are separate things, separate part of how you um, mm-hmm. identify yourself. But this and is, I, I definitely think that's an interesting um, comment to have on the document. It's it's interesting because. You know, as we start to identify ourselves, we can, if we're doing that and we're describing ourselves and we're looking at all the different things that are described, this is the reason that you can read a horoscope out of the paper, a random horoscope, and go, oh, I can see how that might apply to me because we are so complicated and we, and we are all those things at different times. You know, some people may identify as assertive. Well, at some point in your life, even somebody who's not assertive is going to be assertive about something, right? And so we're not we're not one thing, and we're not, and we may be a little bit more to 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 one thing than the other, but we're but we're always that other thing at at some time. So we can identify with so many different personality types all at once. All right, well, that's yeah. you know, to define people as you know within certain roles always bothered me. You know, you, you get the certain questions, the yes or no questions, um, about how you feel about something. And it's like, uh, I can't just answer yes or no on that. I'm, I'm, it, it's so much more complicated than just, do you like um, chocolate? Well, what chocolate are we talking about? How are we talking about fixing it? You know, I like chocolate, but I like chocolate in some ways, and I dislike it in others. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we try to narrow so many things down to like the yes or no questions, the real simple things. And the, I, I've, I've done the you know fun little trivia on Facebook where, where, oh, what character are you? And I'm like, well, none of these... You know, there's one question you're asking, none of these fit me. Well, I guess I'll go with that one because that's the closest, but you've narrowed it down to only two or three choices that don't work for me. And I, I've seen that. I, I've seen us really try to squish, um, figure out who we are into a really small bubble. And it's like, no, those answers aren't quite what fits me. I'm, I'm way out here in something you guys seem to not be able to think of. But I would also argue that at a different time, depending on how your day is going, depending on the experiences you've had that week, that you might identify differently with those different descriptors right. on different days. Well, okay, going yep. to the idea of tasting food, I can't stand iced tea. But when I've gone golfing with my dad on a hot day, I'll gladly drink the iced tea because I don't really taste it. I, I, it's not that I still like it anymore, but I'm willing to tolerate it because at that time in that situation, I'm in a position where, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to worry about the fact that I dislike it, I need it. And that go, you know, so in different situations, you do kind of express yourself differently. You know, your, your preferences will change slightly because, hey, guess what? I don't need to be, I'm, I'm in a situation where if I'm going to be as, um, not my normal self where I'm picky, I'm going to miss out on something 
or I'm not going to have the refresh when I need. So guess what? For this situation, I will be slightly less picky. I will let myself not have my same normal attitude because I'm going to be rewarded for it. Right. So, but if that's how you chose to identify was you are a non-iced tea drinker and then you're drinking it, is your entire identity ruined? I mean, again, it's, it's, I mean, that's a silly example. I'm very well, but, but clear on that. When, <laughs> no, your point is good. Yeah. The, the points that I'm not saying that's, you know, your huge identity thing, but it's something that I think simple enough people can kind of look and say, okay, at times while I may not like something, I'm willing to stretch a bit on certain situations to go out of my way to tolerate it because for that situation, um, there's a reward to it. There's something to gain. I can, I, it doesn't change who I am in the entirety, and I can go back to being myself at, at another time. Well, but, you know. but now that's, that's a really interesting point. Are you the same person – well, here, as, as we're having a little birthday month for some of us, are you the same person you were 10 years ago? Well, yeah, that, that's the philo- philosophical thing. Yes and no would be, the, I, th- I think, for most people. Yes and no are the correct answers. Mm-hmm. You know, the right. aspects of it are the same and aspects that aren't. You, you, you know, everyone changes. Well, but physically, every atom in your body has probably been replaced, right? So can you be the same person? So now we're getting how much does the actual physical makeup have to do with well, who you are? That, that's certainly part of it. I think, so, it, I think yeah, yeah we, I think we should hit that. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's another one of those philosophical things. You know, how, how can you figure that one out? I'm a different person in the last couple of years after getting uh, medical diagnoses. Sure. I've had to change a lot of things about myself. I've had to change a lot of things about my identity. I used to, you know, I used to scoff at the thought that drinking sugared soda was going to harm me. And I would say, well, you know, hey, I, I don't drink that much or I drink less than I used to. And then suddenly, yeah, you better not drink it anymore at all. So I've gone from a person who would not touch water to a person who drinks water every day now. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, Greeks, small... the Greeks used to say that you, you never step in the same river twice. And the, the meaning of that is with the water flowing, and, and, and this is time as well, it can be seen here. You can never be the same you from moment to moment. Every experience changes you. It changes what you've, what's in your memory. And, and therefore, that's one of the components that, that determines, like, you know, when we have these little thought experiments of pick a city of what mm. is going to come out next. Every single thing that happens to us influences us. And on some level or another, I mean, even if it's, even if it's just the coding of another neuron into a memory that you didn't have a second ago. You're different. You're a different. You're different in some way, and um, it really does screw with you on the idea. Of, well, well, then you know how much can you lose and still be you? How much can you change and still be the same essential person you were before? Or is it all just a, an illusion? And and that we I, what we what we claim as identity no. is just a collection of convenient descriptors that apply right now. One of my. We've seen that. Right. One of your time, my, Ian, go first. What? I'm sorry, Ian, okay. you go, and then Matt well, go. A, fr- a friend of ours. Now, you don't know. I don't think you've ever met him, Kimberly. I'm not going to say his name because, um, you know. But we we know the whole situation. He got married, and once she got pregnant, she started to change drastically as to who she was. And then she got religious and was completely a different person. And needless to say, their marriage fell apart at that point. But who he fell in love with and who he ended up with were completely different people, even though physically they were the same person. But how she conducted everything about her life was so opposite suddenly. And so, you know, there are these drastic changes that happen within just a few years for some people. 
who you know, I definitely would say she is not the same person she was when I first met her. Absolutely and I think not. Brian Mackey would agree with that. And but I wonder what she would say. I think she would say the same thing, but she wouldn't see it as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Ian, she would say, yeah, I'm a different person, but it's for the better. And everyone else is like, well, actually, we can't get along with you now. Yeah. Mac? But, you know, <laughs> what were you saying, Mac? Uh, I was going to say one of my one of my uh, favorite authors, one of my favorite books by him is called Night Watch. This is by Terry Pratchett. And the main character is thrown back into his own history and essentially has to save his younger self's life in order to make it back to his own time. And he makes a comment at one point that the person that he's dealing with is not him. The person he's dealing with is an absolute twerp. But admittedly, this is an absolute <laughs> twerp who was going to grow up to, who was going to grow into the person that he became. Yeah. You know, I can and see I was, that. yeah. I was thinking back on, you know, me in my 20s, I would, how I am now, I would consider me a twerp. <laughs> sure. You know, and back to just note something on your, uh, what you were saying, Ian, I was reading a book talking about the brain and they were talking about pregnancy and, and they said, out, the, the author said, all right, listen, you, you cannot go through that experience and be the same person at the end. The hormone changes that, that happen, everything that happens to the body, all the, all the different chemicals and everything that, that are generated at the time, you can't be the same person at the end of that process that you were when you began. It's just not possible. And I think that, uh, that the person you're talking about was an extreme example of that. Because we were able to watch her change into a completely different person so quickly. I mean, well, she, yeah, she really never changed. Went, she never went back to the way she was before. I, well, and you won't. You can't. That, that's what the author was saying, is that you, uh, that you, you know, can't I would be the want, same person. I would person. think that if you were securing yourself before what happened during the pregnancy, you'd still tend to vary back to the back to your baseline Maybe. with some additions. Well, no, that's what. Well, she's not saying that it has to be that extreme, but she's saying that there are, there are physical changes that happen to the body and the brain, and you can't be the same person at the end of it. That that some of those changes are going to change you forever. And I would I would suggest not just chemically or or physically like that. I mean, like you say, can you really go through the birth of a child and be exactly who you were before no. that happened? Physically and mentally, so. you're I haven't had one, and I don't think so. Yeah, right. well, even from the male point of view, it does. It should change you. I mean, I, I, when my first son was born, I did change who I was. Not not significantly, but you know, no, the, and the it's, not, it's not I, not necessarily bad. Yeah. No, I, and I'm I not saying that this is a... responsible to do a few things differently in my life, and I accepted that. Yeah, the author isn't suggesting it to be a bad thing at all. They're just recognizing that, you know, that there are physical changes that happen in those processes. And, and I think that there's a lot of them. You can't come out of a car accident and not have been changed in some way. Uh, yeah, so there are all these, all these environmental factors that are changing us. And in extreme car accidents, people get brain injuries and they come out of it a different person. It happens all the time. And so, this actually does kind of fit into the last thing I was, we have here. Um, a, a YouTube phenomenon where basically a girl put up a video and straight out asked people to tell her whether or not she was pretty. I, I found it that a bit disturbing. Awesome. Really disturbing. But, you know, that's what says. Am I pretty or am I ugly? I, I want people that have never seen me to tell me who I am now. You know, d- define my, me. And apparently caught on other people have been doing this. And it's like, that's a bit disturbing. You don't go out there and say, okay, you people who have no idea who I am, please define me. 
And, I mean, you know, online is not the place for that, because there are some people that, for no reason, will be completely rude to you. And did, you part. did you watch the video? Well, there are also, there are also <laughs> people who may choose to use that as a way to manipulate you, either for their own amusement or their own gain. Yeah. Right. They may... A, a, a young teenager who's you know right going through um, puberty and stuff, they're vulnerable, and right. to let so many other people define them, I mean that could really screw you up. I would think. Well, the girl identified as fifteen, but the article suggested that they didn't think that she was that she was probably younger. Um, but uh, did you watch the video at all? I haven't. I, I watched the first uh, 10, 30 seconds of it, and I had I turned it off. I I. I could not finish the video. It was, I, I can't imagine my kid doing that. Yeah, it's a little but scary. I, the, the sad thing is, I think we also want to go through some of that though. We, we're not straight out being as stupid as this, saying, "Hey, listen, world, define me." But we do, to some degree, let other people define us. We, Absolutely. We do, we, we, you know, we want people to give us the input of how they see us, and that does affect how we define ourselves. And especially, like I said, at this stage, you know, when you're going through puberty, you're big on that. You're letting the whole world around you define you. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a vulnerable state, but even in adulthood, we're still doing it. Just it's not as big of an impact on us because hopefully by now we have more of a grasp of who we are and a sense of self. But we still well, do go lots of people who go ahead. I, I would think the same kind of thing comes into people who are playing keeping up with the Joneses. You know, right. there's people who bankrupt themselves trying to cultivate that identity that so that somebody else thinks something about them. Yeah. Um, right. I'm not sure it completely goes away. Yeah, but but like you say, you kind of hope maybe uh maybe if you're going to use the identity label of mature that you've gotten past some of that. Right. Yeah. But it, it's definitely there. And like I, I know people like you were just saying who will basically bankrupt themselves in order to give this appearance that hey, I'm doing just as good as everyone else. You guys should come over and see that how great my place is. And, you know, so it's, you know, the final part of identity is how much do we let outside influences come into telling us who we are. And and I Uh, think to some extent that can't be helped, right? I mean, we are social creatures. We do define ourselves based on, um, to some extent, what people think. And, you know, again, I think there is a balance kind of thing. If if that's all you're worried about or you're all, you know, if somebody says, oh, you know, you're obviously stupid and then you take that internal and and that defines the rest of your life that's a drastic thing but by the same token we definitely know that you know if you're encouraged or you know you hang around people who are like all right you're you're okay you know that's the person i'm going to hang out with rather than somebody who's like wow you're really horrible don't come near me (laughs) i've seen people hanging around with people that put them down and keep them down and Mm -hmm. you know it's not healthy but you know Thinking about how other people define having influence on us, you know, you you've had to come out now. You know, th- that had to be something that did, a f- you know, the, the initial coming out. How are the p- you know people around me going to perceive me? I, I know when I came out as an atheist, I had that same kind of thing. When I decided to be more vocal about it, there was a level. Okay, how are all these people connected to me going to perceive me? How much do I want to display my beliefs, my ideas? Because I know it's going to upset some people around me, and it didn't upset near as many people as I thought. But still, there was that worry, that concern. If I come out and tell everyone who I am, how are they going to perceive that? How is it going to affect my relationships? And so, you know, being open about your identity is, you know, a big thing. And like Kimberly, you're probably, you know, one of the top people in this group to be able to look at that. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. She's here. <laughs> There's some lag there. Give her a chance. No, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking about it. It's, it's just kind of too big to to get into completely. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not trying to, 
Yeah. Go ahead. But you, you understand what I'm saying. You know, there is this idea, how I present myself to everyone around me, how is that going to affect things? And right. you, know, you do have a sense of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, so I, 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 I guess I, everybody does. Yeah. We could probably do a whole other show on identity in the future. I mean, this is definitely a topic that can go so many different places. And I think we covered a lot of the basics here tonight. So you know, I, I think it was a good discussion myself. I'm glad we did it. I, I actually don't agree with you. I don't think we can ever do a show like this again. <laughs> I think well, no. the different I think the different people that we are in the future may do a similar show, however. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> With that I was paying attention at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't nodded off and that's just that is something. Very good. Well, I, I think that we're gonna call it at that point. Um this has been a really interesting discussion. Uh is yeah, there is there anything else? We good? I think good. All right, very good. Yeah, Say good night, everybody. Good night. All right, be good. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 